Welcome to the On Stage with Wellness podcast. I'm Danny, And I'm Gina. We are performers turned certified health coaches who help artists reclaim their power and take intentional action in their life. Are you a performer who is tired of feeling burnt out, not good enough, and like you don't have control over your career? Get ready to feel energized, confident, and fully in charge of you on and off the stage. Tune in each week to get holistic lifestyle and nutrition tips for a sustainable career as a performer, our own inspirational stories and experiences, as well as our guests, and practical tools to handle rejection, competition, and perfectionism in the industry. And now, on with the show. Hi, everyone. We are back with another great episode of the podcast. We have a wonderful guest. How are you, Gina? I am doing so well. We are so excited about this guest today. Yes. Especially in the new year of 2021. Yes. Oh, yeah. So our guest today is Lara Friedman Katz. She Mm -hmm. is a professional modern dancer with Carolyn Dorfman Dance. She's a dance educator, group fitness instructor, online health coach, gluten-free foodie, and MFA graduate student. Throughout the last 10 years, she has performed with various dance companies in Baltimore, DC, and then New York and New Jersey. As an educator and coach, she believes in the power of mindset, movement, and healing from the inside out to create healthy, lifelong habits. I love it. Hey, Lara, so welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Of course. I felt like that was a fun bio to read. I felt like I, I was like... I don't know, performing it in a way. I was like, <laughs> you are a dance educator. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was quirky too. You added in that gluten-free foodie. I love it. I know. That yeah, was fun. It's, it's a part of me now. And I feel yeah. like I need to share it because I'm so passionate about like food. And I'm like, this this is me also. I mean, yes. there's like tons of little outlets we can add. Yes. It's not just I'm- a resume. It's, it's your whole <laughs> life, right? Yeah. So good. So good. <laughs> I love it. Well, we took some time to kind of get to know Lara a little bit. So we have a couple of questions about um, what your experience was like as a performer. And we noticed that you felt very empowered to kind of walk away from not so great experiences in the past, whether it was maybe a gig that you got or um, a cast that you were in or even bosses that you've had. Um, So what insights from those experiences did you gain during that time that helped you move forward to pursue your dream company? We like to go deep. Deep. No, let's let's go right into it, right? Yes. So as you know, as performers, we go through the whole gamut, right? We, um, you know, you, you work your way up, so to speak. Um, And so it starts with like volunteering your time, volunteering your life um, Mm -hmm. to those free gigs and just starting those connections. I mean, connections is literally everything. Mm -hmm. And so you don't want to burn any bridges along the way, but you also learn a lot about yourself along the process of these experiences. So, you know, I've dealt with companies where it was little to no pay. Um, you you make your first paycheck as a dancer for dancing and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm getting paid <laughs> to do what I love. And it's like so satisfying. <laughs> but knowing all of like the blood, sweat and tears that go into it, you're like, oh, I guess that doesn't amount to as much as I thought. Um, yeah. Like you learn along the way. So I have to say with each experience, you're going to take away something. So the good, the bad, the ugly, 
like you're going to learn something. And so what's always helpful for me is to really like before an audition and before you go anywhere, find out about the company, find out about the inner workings. Mm -hmm. And while you're auditioning, um, find out what kind of like atmosphere this is like. And again, this can change once you get into the company (laughs) or the (laughs) whatever it may be, but to have a little heads up of um, how the company functions is really good to know because you might find out like, this is not for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to be here. And then you just pack up your bags and you leave. And like, Mm -hmm. sometimes again, like it's not as simple. You might be in the process of, you know, you're already in the company and you're rehearsing and you're in the middle of getting ready for a show and you already know like, okay, my heart isn't here anymore, but I'm going to get through this show and I'm going to, again, take away this process, but I know that this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I've been in companies again, like little to no pay or companies that I had to like pay to train to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there were some companies where, Um, you know, just because there wasn't enough money to go around. So, okay, you won't get paid for like rehearsal time, but you'll get a little stipend for the, for the performance. Mm -hmm. Um, And so overall, like taking away, like knowing your worth, knowing your value, knowing that you are a human being, like, yes, you need to survive also. So just, um, you know, yes, you might have to go through those tough times and again, Mm -hmm. learn along the way. But ultimately, like, know what you align with, mm-hmm. know where your dreams and visions are. Mm-hmm. And if you are being mistreated in any way, like, just get out of it because it's not safe for you. It's not safe to be in that place. And so mm-hmm. just just knowing, like, what you deserve mm-hmm. is really huge. Mm-hmm. It's I a huge that. thing. Yeah. I love that you said that. Yeah. So I know that, you know, Carolyn Dorfman Dance is, was a dream company for you. And now you're, you're there, you're doing it. So, you know, I know for, it sounds like you were just so confident in pursuing that. And that's so cool. Like I know for a lot of performers, like they might have a dream company in mind, but there's like a lot of doubts and a lot of things that kind of get in the way. So I'm kind of, I'm curious, like, were you always like that? Did you always like one, know that that was your dream company? Was it did you always know like I can achieve something if I work really hard at it or I, you know, how did you go about like pursuing that and, and getting to your dream company? And then like, what are the, what's the experience of that? Like, is it, is it what you hoped it'd be? Like, has it lived up to that? And um, yeah, I'm curious just how you learned how to like pursue what you wanted and like not be, not have that self-doubt or I'm sure you did, but how did you overcome it? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's like a whole mixture of all of that. So I'll take you back a little bit. Um, yeah. Take us back. So, and this is why, again, connections are so important and also like just pursuing what you want and like working towards that skills. Like, um, I know that there's a book and it's called, I haven't read it personally, but it's called <laughs> everything is figure outable. Okay. Oh, Marie. Marie for yeah. Yes. Yeah. I haven't so, read it like, either, but I should. I know. <laughs> I love her. She's so it's fantastic. on my list. Um, and so just knowing that you're going to figure it out. Um, and so from back in high school, um, you know, you look up different companies and everything. And I definitely had like a top, maybe two, three on my list, but Carolyn has always been on my list. So as, 
as a high school student, um, you know, during the summer times, studio life is slow. So you're like, okay, I need to get in my summer intensives. Let's do it. Um, and my aunt had actually gone to the same, uh, my aunt actually was a cantor, a singer um, at a temple, at a synagogue, and Carolyn belonged there. And so connections, I was, like you said, connections. Yeah. Well, this is how I even heard about Carolyn to begin with. Yeah. So my, my aunt was like, um, Lara, like obviously dances your life. Um, have you ever heard about Carolyn Dorfman dance? And I was like, no, but I'll look them up. She goes, okay. I think like if they might have something going on this summer, you might want to check it out. And it's right in Jersey. And so I look it up and I just sign up shoot, let's go for it. And then I got a scholarship. So um, Carolyn does a lot of um, scholarships towards any of her intensives, which is great. And then you just kind of volunteer back hours in like um, to respond to that uh, scholarship. So the following summer, I came back and worked in the office. So that was doing administrative work and actually getting ready for like the next, uh, we call it NJ summer dance. And so that's where I got to learn like the inner workings of the company and like seeing kind of the business lifestyle of it. And then from there, I was like, all right, I never want a desk job ever in my life. I don't want to do administration. (laughs) That is not my thing. So I learned from that experience. Like um, I learned the beauty of the the company dynamics Um, Mm. and I wasn't in the studio. I was, again, I was in the office. but being there, I also learned, okay, now I know for my future that like secretary work, like having a desk job, like that's, that's not really what I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. So good experience there. <laughs> um, as I was in college, Carolyn was working on a piece called interior designs. And within that piece, there's something called audience dancers. And so she had asked me, Um, And again, I was going to school down in Maryland and they were working up in Mm. New York City, basically. Um, And she was like, hey, Lara, like, I would love for you to be a part of this piece. And at this time, I was like, anytime I saw my phone ring and it said Carolyn Dorfman on here, I was like, oh, my gosh. Uh. Everything, (laughs) answer the phone. And so she asked me and I was just like, so so honored um and so on breaks I think or I would come home just to like learn some of the material and then I did about maybe three performances or so in different locations for that as an audience dancer so I was not in stage we actually danced in the audience so cool um had this little duet so that was like kind of the start of this connection and while I was um a I was going into, I was in my senior year at Towson University and I saw that she had auditions. I was like, you know what? I got to go for it. And I was like, I know I still have school left because I was a K through 12 dance education major. Mm -hmm. So I had student teaching to do. So it's an extra semester. And so I knew I still had school, like, but I just need to experience this audition just to like, see what it's like. And so I made it past a few cuts and I was like, okay. (laughs) And then, um, you know, there's probably about maybe six women or so left. And then I got cut and I was like, well, that was a great experience. And Carolyn is so open. She goes, you know, I, I know that people can learn this and do this material. It's not a matter of that. Um, But 
I also am willing to offer feedback for those of you who are cut about, you know, what, what maybe to work on for next time. That's great. So I was not like, a lot of people do that. Yeah. No, not many choreographers will like, yeah. it's just like five, you 10 minutes in and you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so she really tries to give like a full experience. Like here's some class exercise. Here's the start of one rep. And like the audition process, it's days long. It is not just like, you know, an hour thing and you're done. It, mm-hmm. It's long. I mean, I know that you all know as performance, mm-hmm. you know, standing around waiting, um, but actually we're moving a lot in the audition. And so when I spoke to her, she was talking about learning about um, Limon technique, Jose Limon, right? Modern dance company. And so I was still in school. So I was like, okay, I don't have to give up my school career. (laughs) Now (laughs) let me focus on that, but let me focus on how I can get better for next time. Mm. And I looked up Limon and yes, I could have taken classes, but I was also still finishing school. And then I saw that they had a summer intensive and it was like a month long thing. And I signed up. It's like, if I'm just going to go for it and learn about the style, I might as well go all in. You sound, it sounds very strategic. Like you had, like, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this and that. And then, yeah, it sounds like very thought out, just very just planned. Steps. Yeah. Following the steps. Um, so I did that, finished up my schooling. Um, moved back to Jersey and I would, I was asked to help with like, uh, Carolyn's teaching residencies that she does in some public schools, mm-hmm. but I actually got hired as a leave replacement to teach at a performing arts high school. So I had to say no to Carolyn for that. <laughs> but at the end of that year, she had another audition and I and signed up ready. again. And I was like, I've just spent the last year kind of out of routine schedule of, of dancing every single day. I was teaching, but I wasn't like really dancing and training. It's like, all right, I'm just going to give it my best shot. And so I did. And I got through a couple of cuts, a couple of cuts. And then I landed as an apprentice. Yay. <laughs> Small so steps. So then I went from apprentice and then the following year I joined as a um, full company member. So that is a long, long story of how (laughs) this relationship connection all came into play and how I'm here in my sixth season now with Carolyn. So, and it, it just goes to show that the first thing that you said in that answer was everything is figure outable. Like you didn't focus on your ego. You didn't focus on failure. You didn't focus on trying to win. It was like exploring options, you know, researching and doing the next step forward and not getting so attached to the fact that you didn't get something, you know, Mm -hmm. and that is such a common emotion for performers to get into. And you just completely were like, no, no, like this is the next step. Even if I didn't get this, like, what do I need to do to move forward? It wasn't about, you know, I didn't get this. Oh, woe is me. So Mm -hmm. that is very inspiring. So in the process of me moving back home, I was able to dance for a few other smaller companies Mm -hmm. and just practice and honing in on that skill of performing and also rehearsing. Mm -hmm. Um, So needless to say, I'm like never stagnant. I'm always trying to do something to to grow. Um, And you get to a point as, 
as, as a performer and you're like, am I performing or am I teaching? And trying to think like, do I have to do one or do I have to do the other? Mm. And so I was able to, because it was a smaller company, it wasn't full time. I was able to, to try to weigh out both options and, you know, keep fresh with that and grow that skill as I was preparing for this next audition. So I love how you knew the balance of like what we talked about in the beginning of the episode, which is not taking, um, opportunities that maybe don't value your worth, but also being able to get the practice, get the skill that you need with these smaller companies or with these smaller opportunities. And I think that's something that needs to be um, reiterated again in the performing industry is we think that we have to go big and, and get our dream thing first. And you made sure to get those skills that you needed to obtain that big thing over here. And you, it didn't hurt your ego to, to take those smaller opportunities. And I think that's important for people to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have to say my first time trying Lamone technique, I absolutely sucked. Like it was so outside my comfort zone. And the reason why Carolyn told me to take this intensive also too, is because her technique stems from this Lamone um, style. So, you know, it was only to help inform me. So it was hard hard as hell. And I felt like a fool at times, but I was like, mm-hmm. I know I'm on the right path because mm. it's putting me outside that comfort zone. That's beautiful. Yeah. Lamone is very like, um, how would you describe it, Lara? I would say like very like fluid and kind of off center and, um, you know, continuously like testing your balance. And it's like, it's very fluid. I, I, my experience of it. And for someone like, I'm assuming like you, but also like me, I was very like technical and like, I was all about like control and holding everything in. Lamone was always hard for me too, because I had to like kind of move in a different way and like let Mm -hmm. things go more. So I don't know if that was your experience with it, but yeah, that was the same for me. And also like counting an eighth is not as much of a thing. It's a lot of sixes, there's fives, there's threes. And I was like, (laughs) someone who struggles music in general, like I like (laughs) to think that I'm very musically inclined, (laughs) but to then like, just kind of change my whole mindset and like, you know, accents on different counts. So that Mm. was really hard to learn and get used to. Mm. Um, But I hope that, you know, six years into this company, I'm, I'm starting to find my groove there. (laughs) (laughs) But you weren't willing to give up, which is amazing. Um, So I wanted to ask you a little bit about the, the other performers that you were around. So I know that a lot of performers, um, a lot of them struggle with um, nutritional or eating disorders or um, emotional disorders, things like that. So I know that you're more of a you're more of that helper mindset. Like I want to help my friends. I want to be there for them and um, give them advice about this. But I guess our question is, how was it being that helper and helping those people and then um, taking on some of those characteristics later on? Yeah, no, this is like a huge topic. So, um, you know, as a dancer, you're constantly in the mirror, you're constantly comparing yourself to, I mean, this isn't just for dance, I should say, just you're constantly comparing yourself to other people in the room. And so it can get a lot in your face. And I've always been petite. I've always, you know, like, that's just 
how I've been. I've always been a relatively healthy eater. Um, you know, I never really was like a junk food eater. Um, and I had a lot of friends just growing up and, you know, that time of puberty and people are growing at different rates and, you know, um, they struggled and they struggled, you know, sometimes because of family and um, it led to, you know, not so healthy patterns. And it hurt me so deeply being a friend and being like, like, I just wanted to hold their head and be like, look at what you're doing like you it and it's so hard because when someone is in that mindset it's so hard to get them out of it um and until they really realize like that they need to change themselves there's not a lot like be that like again I guess that never give up mentality like I was always there for those people to like you know, if you need to talk about this, like, come on, like, we can do this. Um, And then so for me, it was really scary, because during my college years, I was at a point where, um, you know, kind of that overload of, I was in a professional dance company that started during my sophomore year of college, end of freshman into my sophomore year of college. Schoolwork on top of that, trying to have a college life on top of that and trying to have a relationship uh, on top of that. (laughs) So I was losing myself in the process. And so I took on these characteristics that were not healthy. I was just obsessively thinking about food, about calories. Um, You know, I'm a competitive person. So, oh, let's see what I can do today. you know, just constantly obsessing or trying to work out because, you know, I binged on something the night before. And it's not even that my binges were like unhealthy food. Um, It was just like, you know, I ate to the point of uncomfort because I deprived myself of things earlier on that day. Mm. And I was just in this cycle that was not healthy. But I felt like so many of my friends had gone away and I felt so alone. So it felt like the one thing that I could control. And again, like I'm so blessed that this process for me was short-lived because I know so many people struggle for years and years and years Mm. and it's hard. Um, But knowing, I guess that I had a good head on my shoulders and that I could get through it. I had a best friend who was like, Lara, you need to talk to someone. And so like, I I talked to, I guess a a guidance counselor at our college. And then I saw a nutritionist and just changing the mindset as food as fuel. If I don't eat this, the rest of my career is going to suffer because I need this to function, right? Dance is such a physical form. So if you don't have that in your body to keep going, you're not going to keep going. And so that was a total shift for me. Um, And then I was like, I, I need to do this for me. And it's, um, you know, I, I want to be clear that uh, the disorder that I had, it was not necessary, not necessarily anorexia or bulimia. Like I, um, it was just having these obsessive thoughts. So we call it like eating disorder and not other specified, right? Um, and so it's hard to attach myself to that name because for so long I was that person that was always there to help people 
and to help them get out of that. And for me, like, I felt ashamed to, to have these habits that I had once helped people get out of. So like, you know, it was hard and I learned a lot about myself in the process. Um, AirPod now. Um, <laughs> it's getting intense. And, yeah, <laughs> a lot of head shaking. Um, and so I learned so much and it helped me grow mm. to now be able to like see the other side of it, to, to know, I guess, both the inside of what it feels like to have that struggle and then to come out of it on the other side and then still be able to help people through that in whatever mm. way I can. And mm. even if it's just to say like, you're not alone in this, you're not. Because there's so many people who struggle out there and they don't say a thing. Mm -hmm. They keep silent. And then for many years, struggle silently. Mm. It's like, you know, be aware that you're not the only one. Mm -hmm. And by yeah. you coming on the podcast, like you're inspiring other people to show them that they're not alone in that struggle as well. So that's beautiful. I mean, that's the biggest thing is I think that's, that's a huge thing that helps people overcome things is just knowing that you're not alone because when you feel alone is when, you know, you can spiral and, and just, you know, really internalize everything. So just Absolutely. being able to share that story with people is so, so important. Um, so I know that you, so now you like, you've turned that around. Now you, now you're back to like kind of helping people. You are, you coach people with their health mm -hmm. and their nutrition and you're a fitness instructor. So how has your, so how has your experience with that and changing your relationship with food, how has that kind of changed your approach with helping people? So like, how do you coach others and what are kind of tips you might have in terms of like how to approach your body and your, and your eating in a healthy way and, and not be obsessive over your body image and, you know, less obsessed with burning calories and more on the fueling. Mm -hmm. uh, your body, how, how has that changed your approach? Yeah. So for me, it's not a ju just about fueling your body physically. It's about like fueling that mindset and just knowing that you're in the right headspace in order to tackle everything else. Right. If you're not fueling up here, right. You're not going to be able to fuel everything else and be able to accomplish everything else that you need to do. So for me, um, you know, it's mind and body, right? Um, so I love listening to podcasts just like yours, <laughs> um, you know, Yay. and listening to a lot of personal development books and reading them. And I never knew um, the importance of it until, um, you know, with my coaching, we stress personal development. And with that, you know, five plus years into this, I'm just realizing like, okay, you need to get your head on right. Because if you're trying to lose weight just so that you can look good in a bikini for the bachelorette party of your friend, and you're just, <laughs> you're just trying to do that, like kind of short-term goal, it's, it's more of a superficial goal and wanting to go deeper and knowing that everyone's goals are going to be unique and different 
everyone's bodies are different, right? For me, I'm not trying to lose weight. I have clients who are trying to lose weight. I have other people who are trying to gain weight and knowing that whatever your goal is, you can achieve it. But again, you have to be in the right mindset, know why you're doing it. Mm. Not just like, just because, uh, you know, my mom said I had to lose five pounds or this, this, um, I went to this audition and they told me that I had to lose 10 pounds. Mm. Well, if that doesn't satisfy you and align with what you want, then don't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, really it starts with mindset. Mm. Then it starts with, okay, what are your goals? What are you feeding your mind? What are you feeding your body? And knowing that, you know, you both are health coaches, you know, that different foods affect different people differently, but also knowing that there's more uh, foods that can sustain you longer or that have more nutritional value, um, not eating just empty calories and knowing that, you know, just because something is a hundred calories and something is a little bit more does not mean that like the nutrition that's in it is equal. Um, so just mm-hmm. really letting people see that there's more to it than, mm-hmm. um, especially than just losing weight. And that's something that, you know, so many people's goal is to lose weight, mm-hmm. but like, why? Yeah. Like, yeah. I love what you said about like the sustainability of food as fuel, because, you know, so many of us uh, as performers are like, okay, I binged on something. Now I have to pay. Now I have to pay by like not eating and restricting, or I have to really work it off at a class um, or in a, you know, in a studio somewhere. So I love the mindset that you have about, seeing food as a way to sustain your day and sustain the things that you love because, you know, going to those classes is uh, not only a physical release, but it's also a mental release. And you want to have the like physical food to sustain what you love. And I love that you see it that way as opposed to seeing it as an enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because so many people see food and it's like you know this love hate relationship Mm -hmm. and just knowing that like it's here to help you it's here to do your body good so treat Mm -hmm. your body good Mm -hmm. yes I love Mm -hmm. that so you are such a movement expert and we are coming out with this episode (laughs) in January when people are in the midst of all of their fitness goals all of their nutritional goals Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just feeling very inspired. So I guess our question for you would be, how do you balance movement as a performer? So if I'm a singer and Danny's more of a dancer, like, do you have different things that you recommend for each of us? And what sort of variety do you have to get that balance and to maintain, excuse me, strength and stamina? Oh boy. Um, so I honestly, like, I think variety is the spice of life um, and helps us. I don't know if it's because I'm a Libra and I get bored easily, but I need to constantly <laughs> be switching things up. So when I am cross training, I'm doing all different programs that focus on different things. So Uh, For instance, like back in July, I was doing something that was more cardio focused. 
But then once I was done with that, I was like, okay, I need to work on building more strength. So I'm going to do a little bit more of a strength program. Then I was doing a lot of weights and I was like, you know what? I need some flow. I need some yoga Pilates flow. And I got into that a little bit more. And so um, I guess it depends on the intensity of your schedule and what you're currently doing in your daily life, right? And then what you can handle adding on top of that. And I will say like, everyone needs a good cardio, right? We need to get that heart rate up. It is so good in so many ways. Mm. Um, so many women in particular are, and I think it's becoming less of a stereotype, but so many people think, uh, so many women think, if I'm lifting weights, I'm gonna get big and bulky. Mm. And that's, that's not true. Um, so knowing your body also needs some strength training, whether it is resistance training with just your body or lifting weights, you need to strengthen and tone those muscles because think about movement that you do daily or like say you tripped and you needed to catch yourself as you were falling to be able to like ease into like not hitting your face. Um, (laughs) you know, there's so many benefits, um, I mean, I, I honestly think that a variety of everything is what everyone needs, mm. um, you know, but I will say that if you find um, something that you really hate, like I am not a runner. Mm. I don't, I don't do Same. well running. Not, I, <laughs> I understand how you feel. <laughs> running is not my thing as much as I would, I love being outside and I try, it's just also terrible on my shins from mm-hmm. being a dancer where you just sprung the floors. Right. So not having that, um, that easiness out on the streets or on the track, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so where was I going? I just lost my train of thought. Um, so got it. Um, <laughs> Quick catch. <laughs> find something that you love and do it and do it well. Because if you find something that you hate, you're, again, it goes back to sustainability. You're not going to stick with it if right. you hate that. So you really need to find something that you love, go for it, but also try new things, be open to explore. Um, you know, maybe you, you never knew that you really liked hiking or swimming. Um, you know, try a yoga class, try a hot yoga class, try a bar class, you know, there's so many different outlets. Um, You know, you'll find what you love, but just, just try it all. Try to find something that sticks and try to, try to keep with it. Mm. So good. Yeah. I love what you said, because that's similar to stuff that, you know, Gina and I tell our clients, you know, it's find something that you love, you know, and something that will stick, but also like, it is good to be open to other things. So I appreciate you saying that because I think sometimes, um, sometimes you change your, or sometimes like something isn't working anymore, but mm-hmm. I know like I've sometimes had a tendency to like keep pushing, even mm-hmm. if it's like, even if I'm not feeling it anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like in those moments, find something else to do to like re-inspire you and, you know, keep mm-hmm. you moving, but you know, just get excited in a different way. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe your body will, will adapt to that better. So it's kind of good to just try new things. So I love, and I that, love that. that. And I love that you said before, like finding your why, like, why are you doing this? 
And if you're going to a class because your friend like is making you go and you don't really want to go or <laughs> you're doing it because it's like the hot thing now or like just finding your why. And a lot of our clients are asked, you know, what did you like to do as a kid? And that always seems to spark mm. a lot of joy in people. So being able to tap back into that and, and uh, be inspired by your movement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Love it. So Lara... We, I just yes. want to say your name like that. I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> I like it. Yay. Uh, so we always do rapid fire questions at the end of the interview, as I'm sure you might know since you listen to the pod, but um, we have a few rapid fire questions that we'd love to throw at you before we wrap up. So yeah. question number one, what is your favorite type of workout? Ooh. My favorite type of workout. <laughs> um, there's this program that I've done and it involves a step, but it's not step aerobics. There's a lot of cardio and it has to do with Shanti, who's like the cutest, just he's, he's originally from Jersey and a dancer and he's a fitness trainer now. And so I just love everything by him. So is he doing sanity? Um, Yes, he's yes. the insanity guy. Yes. He also has dance programs. That's it. Oh, but wow. there's this one program that he has with a step, and it just gets me fired up each time. I've done um, it's a six week program, and I've done it three times. Um, and that's like <laughs> I really love. But again, like I love having that variety. So favorite workout, not running. Um, <laughs> favorite workout would be a mix of like cardio and some strength training components. Mm, love it. Love that. Mm. Man, I don't know what mine would be. Mine would probably be bar. <laughs> yeah. I do go love bar. a good bar. <laughs> well, mainly because I'm not a dancer, so I don't get like an overload of technique. So that kind of brings me back into technique. So what's your stance? I mean, I can kind of I mean, guess. I mean, duh, it's bar. <laughs> <laughs> We love that. It's also really good on joints. So it is very good on joints. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Your go-to energizing snack or meal? All right. My snack. (laughs) So I love anything and everything nut butter related. Mm, So almond butter or crunchy peanut butter. Oh, yes. Um, I love a crunchy. Crunchy for both actually. Um, Mm -hmm. Or like a mixed nut butter with an apple. It's like my go-to snack. Classic. All the time. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) You're so cute. Can't get any more classic than that. I love that. (laughs) But it's, it's such a perfect combination of things and it keeps you fueled for probably until your next meal. So I love that. You heard it. Go get your nut butter and apples people. Yeah. (laughs) And my puppy loves it too. So when I'm home, he's waiting. Love your puppy on your stories. (laughs) So cute. I know. He's so cute. (laughs) Okay. Next question. What is your biggest lesson from 2020? 2020. I know. Everybody's reaction to 2020. (laughs) Yep. Don't take the little things for granted. Mm. And I know that you can say this any year, but this year in particular, I mean, I am someone who's constantly on the go and constantly going to and from places. 
and to have this time to like settle down and I'm not to say that like I haven't been working a lot at home because I have um but to take that time to just like really enjoy being home enjoy having my puppy with me enjoy time with my husband getting that time to like rest and refuel because we don't do that often enough but just those little things I'm like just being able to hug someone like I want to hug my 90 year old grandma so bad and um you know I, I I've been seeing her but you know just for safety I'm not hugging and kissing and so yeah those little things like don't take them for granted mm. ah that's, that's beautiful. so beautiful I love that and it's like the slow it's like the the little things when you slow down you start to notice and those are the things that are the most important mm-hmm. so good all right our last question is which I'm sure you know already what does on stage with wellness mean to you mm. So as a performer, taking every way that you fuel yourself seriously Mm. and sustaining it Mm. and doing it because you love it and you want to do it forever. Um, And yes, your goals may change along the way, but um, again, that kind of whole body mindset approach, getting... um, feeling healthy, feeling right from the inside out so that you can share it with other people. Mm, so cute. Ah, yay. So amazing, Laura. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You are our movement fiend. Yes, we love it. We love it. Yeah, thank you for everything that you shared. I think, um, I think there were a lot of great gems in there. So Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us can, can learn from you and your experiences. So thank you. Where can our listeners find you? Ooh, they can find me, um, on Instagram at Lara love five, six, seven, eight. So that is my Instagram handle and on Facebook, just Lara love. Mm, So cute. That's her picture. And she comes up with some great content. So yes, go follow. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> You've been such a pleasure to have on our podcast, Laura. Thank you so much for all you shared. You're so welcome. Thank you. Hey, creatives. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. We are beyond grateful for your interest and support in our conversation. We hope you'll tune in each week for fresh new content and some inspiration from wherever you are in the world whether you're on tour, auditioning, or in your hometown community theater. Share this with your cast, friends, and anyone in the industry who could benefit from this podcast. If you like what you hear, write us a review. You can do this through Apple, Spotify, or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Share with us what you liked and what you want to hear more of. This will help us with our mission to support performers with their health and wellness goals. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Onstage with Wellness. You can follow Danny at Danny Nicole Wellness and Gina at Gina Daniels Coaching. You can find all the links you need in the show notes. Until next time, performers, remember, you know enough, you have enough, and you are enough.